if you would, to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. Well, b- well, before you do that, go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Put a, a, your ribbon, a piece of paper, something in Acts chapter 2. Uh, and then go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be starting in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, going to Acts chapter 2, then back to 1 Thessalonians 5, and then back to Acts chapter 2. Does that make sense? So we're going to be going back and forth. So you're going to want to kind of mark those two passages. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 and Acts chapter 2. I said earlier that I have a lot to cover this morning, and it's it is it is very true. Um, but I I believe with all of my heart that what we what I have to share this morning is absolutely vital uh, for our church. So please bear with me. Uh, we we're gonna I, I'm just telling you we're just we're gonna go a little long this morning, and I'm gonna apologize ahead of time, but then I'm gonna recant that and not I really I'm not sorry. I, I'd be lying <laughs> because I, I just I feel like what I have to say is important. So, um, so but just bear with me. Let's start by doing something a little different. Let's bow our heads. Everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, and I want you, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to consider this thought. Or this prayer. Lord, if you speak to my heart this morning, I will do my best to do what you put in my heart to do. Will you contemplate that? Will you pray that prayer in your heart this morning? God, I will do my best to do what you put in my heart to do this morning. If you are willing to pray that prayer with nobody looking around but me, lift your hand. Amen. Dear Lord, you know our hearts. And I ask, dear God, with all that is within me to speak to our hearts this morning. Help us, dear God, to not only to surrender ourselves, but to put ourselves out there and be willing to do some hard things. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I told you last week, uh, a little bit that I was I was going to be sharing my heart this morning, and that and that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be finishing up the book of First Thessalonians. We're going to be looking at the last three verses uh, in the in First uh, uh, Thessalonians in chapter five. But before we get there, I want to I want to share a little bit. Uh, last March, uh, God challenged my thinking uh, with a question. Uh, and, and this is the question. Why do we do church the way we do church? Now I want you to think about this question for a minute. And, 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 and I'm not talking about the, the, 
the, the, the biblical doctrine side. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, but why do we come together and sing a song here and do announcements at the end of the service? I mean, mechanically, why do we do church the way we do? Huh? <laughs> well, it's because, you know, that's the way we've always done it, right? And because, because this question, God challenged me with this question, it has caused me to really kind of to separate the biblical practices of our church from the traditional practices of our church. Does that make sense? Because honestly, there's not a church on the face of this earth that doesn't do a lot of what they do out of tradition. I don't care what stripe of church it is. Some churches are, are really, really heavy into tradition. Some are, are not so much, but even they still do things out of tradition. Now, th- that can be a good thing, but it can be a bad thing. In, in, in 2 Thessalonians in chapter, five, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, uh, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which we have uh, been taught, uh, whether by word or by epistle. So here, Paul's telling the Thessalonian believers that tradition is a good thing and to hold on to that tradition. But in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, Paul says just the opposite. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So what makes a good tradition and a bad tradition? It, 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 is, it, is, it is simply whether it is based in biblical truth or the philosophies of men. Now, I don't know about you, but I am more interested in my traditions being based in biblical truth than in the philosophies of men. And as a church, we need to understand the difference. I don't want to go through the motions of church just because that's the way we've always done it. Years ago, I, I, I came through a similar scenario in, in life uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the practice of church. And those of you that have been here a long time may remember this, maybe not. But about five or six years ago, we had a big shakeup in the order of our service. Because why did we do it that way? there was no reason other than the fact that that's the way we've always done it. So we, we changed some things around. And, and, and moving forward, I guess, I guess I'm kind of throwing a, a warning shot over, over your bow right now. The chances are really good in the future we're going to shake some things up in, in, in the order of service. Uh, not, nothing right now. Uh, but we're going to be talking about some changes that are coming, but, but all I'm saying is I'm more concerned about the traditions based in biblical truth than, than I am in the traditions of men. The last three verses of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 hold what I believe to be a formula 
for a thriving New Testament church. And when we read them, on the surface, you may, you may think, really? <laughs> but let's look at it, and then we'll talk about it. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, and verse 26, 27, and 28. It says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And again, you may be sitting there thinking, what in the world? How is this a <clears throat> formula for the New Testament church? Well, I'm glad you asked that very important question. Verse 26 is an interesting verse. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, especially in the COVID era, okay, uh, I don't think that's a good idea, okay? But it's really that's really not talking about going around kissing everybody okay it's really not talking about that it's it it is more uh yeah yeah never mind um it's more talking about a cultural greeting uh in that culture back then it was accepted uh to greet one another with the, the within the within the church to you know, almost like Italians do, you know, do, do the kiss on the cheek kind of thing, and you know, <clears throat> when I was in the Ukraine back many years ago, uh, they take this verse very literally, and I had men coming up to me wanting to plant one on me, and I'm like, no, you ain't kissing me, dude. <laughs> Just saying, okay. Uh, but they, but say they, they, they took this verse very literally in the in the in the underground church, because uh, when I was there, it was about a year after the wall fell. Back, those of you that are old enough will remember um, when the Soviet Union dissolved. Uh, I was able to get into the Ukraine about a year after, and the churches that had been underground for all those years literally would, would li- literally greet one another with with a kiss. That's 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 again. That's not what it's talking about. It's more of a cultural thing. But <clears throat> what it's talking about is an an activity that is to be part of somebody else's life. An example would be this: <clears throat> a cultural greeting in our society today is to greet someone. <clears throat> now, you're not supposed to shake hands. I understand that right now. But we all still do. It's, it's totally second nature to us. But it's to shake someone's hand and say what? How are you doing? What does that question, what is the intent of that question? Okay, now. Let me before she just said some sincerity, but 
Are we really sincere when we ask that question? No. no. We we don't want an answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I've 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 told the story before. I I I, I realized one day that every time <clears throat> somebody asked me that question, what what is what is the the answer? I'm fine. Well, I was having a bad day. I was having a bad day, and and I get those occasionally. And I was in, I, I don't remember what store I was in, <clears throat> but it probably Lowe's. And uh, the, the, the poor girl at the register said, hey, well, how you doing, sir? And I, I just unloaded. <laughs> said, you asked. <laughs> you know, because, see, we're not sincere when we shake our hands and say, how you doing? Because we know the... The politically correct answer is, I'm fine. And inside, you're wanting to scream. Am I right? <clears throat> so, the, the whole intent here is <clears throat> to be active. So, commandment number 21. Be active. Be active. Be active. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And the, the, intent, the, 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 the intent behind the greeting is to sincerely, culturally greet someone with the intent of getting to know them. That is the whole idea here. Now, flip over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> what I did is as I was contemplating this idea of why does our church do what we do, I, I had to go back to Scripture to be able to separate the biblical from the, from the, from the traditional. And it caused me to go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts literally is the definition or the explanation or the the description would probably be a better word uh, of the early church of what God intended intended the church to look like so let's look at what a new testament church is supposed to look at, look like acts chapter 2 in verse 41 then they that gladly received his word were baptized. In other words, this is talking about people that, that got saved. <clears throat> they got saved, they were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. <clears throat> and they, the saved, the saved individuals, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders uh, and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believe were together, and had all things common. They had all things common. There are 
primarily four activities mentioned in the New Testament church that I believe are still applicable today. Every, all four of them. And I believe with all my heart that these are activities that every New Testament church, if they want to be a thriving New Testament church, these four things need to be part of that New Testament church. One of the things that it says is in verse 42, it says, and they continued steadfastly. Continued steadfastly. Uh, it, basically, it means that it persisted. It was an activity that continued for, if that church was still in existence, it would still be going on. So it, these, these are activities that should be a part of every New Testament church. The first one, <clears throat> well, before, before I get to the first one, I have a picture for you. I, I came across this recently, and I agree 100% with the statement on this, on this picture. Church should be your excuse to miss everything else. Now, I want to be really, really careful here because as a pastor, it can come across as I'm telling you that you have to come to my church. And that is not what I'm saying. If you don't make this church your home church, then find a church where you can, can settle in, plant some roots, and be a part of it. But church has to be a priority. We, we live in a society where we have, we have allowed excuses to peel us away from church. Now, I'm going to say something here that, 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 that may upset a lot of people. Again, I'm not sorry. But my son played, played, played baseball as a, as a young guy. And when he played, we went immediately... <clears throat> whenever, uh, whenever he was picked on a team, the very first thing, we went straight to the coach and we said, look, coach, we're Christians. We go to church uh, on, on, on Sunday and on Wednesdays and Wednesday nights. And th that is a priority in our family. So if you have a, a practice on a Wednesday night, our son will not be there. If, if he has a game on a Wednesday night, uh, and this is the way the league worked, uh, Tim played until it, it, there were t uh, uh, during the week there was an early game and a late game. <clears throat> we told him with the early game, Tim will play, and then there, there will be a certain time. We only The ballpark was only five minutes away from the church. So about 10 minutes before church started, We'd pull Tim out of the game and we'd go to church. If he was playing in the late game, the coach knew he would be there, but he would be late. And Tim would Tim would go to church in his in his in his uniform. And on the way to the ball field, he'd change into his cleats and he'd get out of the car and run over and, and get, be a part of the game. Why? What was what was the, the intent here? The intent is we were trying to teach our son this, this principle. Church is far more important than baseball. 
Now, if you may not agree with that, and that's fine. That's your privilege to believe that or not. But if we are going to be a thriving New Testament church, then church has to be a priority. Activity number one that we see here in verse 42. says, Then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. So, activity number one. The first activity is knowledge. Knowledge. They continued in the, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Now, <clears throat> I, 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 I don't want to minimize this activity of knowledge, but we are going to be talking about that at the end of the, end of the message in great length. So we're, we're going to kind of put number one on pause for a minute. And we're going to, start to, we're going to talk about activity number two, and that is fellowship. Fellowship. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Fellowship is a vital, vital part of what a church should be. It is absolutely critical. When a person is saved, they should have a desire to be around other believers. It, is, it, is, it should be part of our, our new DNA, if you would. Proverbs chapter 27, in verse 17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Galatians chapter 6, in verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Throughout the New Testament, fellowship and ministering one to another are frequently a theme that runs through the New Testament. It is important. We think, in 21st century English, we we think that the word fellowship just means to sit around and have small talk. But that's not what this word means. This word means to get to know one another. When you shake someone's hand and say, how are you doing? Mean it. Be willing to say, share with me. And be willing to share. That's fellowship. But, the, but a surface... Uh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, you big liar. That is not fellowship. That's really not that. That that's. <clears throat> well, I I better, I better stop there. <clears throat> we should be willing to share our burdens, our victories, our hard times. It should be part of who we are as a church. Because is that not why we're here? One of the things, well, <clears throat> some of you were not here a few weeks ago, but the church uh, a few weeks ago voted uh, to acquire the two units that are next to us. 
over here, the County Health and Human Services, uh, have, they vacated uh, the, these two units. And, and as of uh, uh, January 1st, uh, those two units will be ours. And what we're going to do is, uh, eventually, it's going to take some time, but we're going to, uh, the foyer here, we're going to knock a hole in the wall and be able to access all four units. So our church will be really close together. Uh, and one of the things that we're going to start doing uh, uh, shortly after we acquire the units, we're not quite sure because we're not able to get in there yet because the county still technically has possession of them. Um, but we're going to create in there a fellowship zone of sorts. We don't know what we're going to call it yet, but it's going to be a place we're going to have uh, 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 30 minutes before church on Sunday morning, 30 minutes before church Sunday night. We're going to have a coffee going. We'll have water bottles. We'll have... <laughs> donuts. You know, every good Baptist church eats donuts. Uh, <clears throat> you know, no, seriously, we might have cookies or munchies or brownies. I, I don't know what we're going to have. This is, this is still a work in progress. But we're going to create an, an area... A fellowship. We're going to have tables where we can we can talk to each other and we can we can fellowship together before the service because that is so vital to the health of a of a of a church. <clears throat> Say, but I don't drink coffee. That's okay. That's okay. You can just have a cup and we'll just put a lid on it, and you can walk around and pretend you're drinking. You know, I don't know. Um, but but the, the key here is to, to create an atmosphere of encouragement. That's, that's the goal. The goal is not to have a place where we can just stand around and drink coffee. No. <clears throat> and in the current climate that we're in, we're going to do it in a safe way. We're going to do it, I believe, I believe with all my heart that we can accomplish the biblical principle and keep everybody safe at the same time. Activity number three. <clears throat> Let's start reading in verse 42 again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. Yeah, yeah. Tony's over. Man, feed me. <laughs> uh, but actually... And this and this this kind of is interwoven with the fellowship part. It's it's really not talking about sitting around and and eating in the in in that sense, but it it, it has everything to do about the fellowship portion being. How do I want to word this? Huh? I I can't hear you. Vital. It, 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 
the whole point is to get to know one another. See, when you when when you just sit around and chat with someone, do you really get to know them? Not really. If you want to get to know someone, what do you do? You invite them over to your house for dinner, right? And that that's the principle here, to get to know people. And one of the things that I want to encourage our church family to do is to start this interactive fellowship in a sense where you you have people over and you and 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 i understand with COVID and all things are incredibly difficult right now but that i i hope you understand the heart in which i'm talking about here i mean you can still get to know people and not and and do it in a safe way two very important facts about activity number three and that is they they gave and received. <clears throat> Let, let's look at look, look at verse forty four. And and all th- that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. So what activity number three is they gave and received. They gave and received. Now, this section here, I'm going to say some things again that could possibly step on someone's toes and that is not my intention my intention is to give you biblical truth Romans chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 and then excuse me we then that were strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, lest every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Now, there are two important facts about giving and receiving. Number one, you have to know the need. You have to know the need. I can't tell you how frustrating it is to a pastor to get a text or a phone call from somebody in our church and say, oh, by the way, pastor, I just got out of the hospital. What? It happens all the time. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't want to bother you. You know, let let, let me say this. That is stupid. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, (laughs) tell us how you really feel. Don't do that. But, But see, again, this goes back to the fellowship thing. 
if we are getting to know one another, we are more apt to share those kinds of things. So the need has to be known. And this is where it, it gets tough. You have to be willing to receive. You have to be willing to receive. Now, just a few moments ago, I read you Romans chapter 15, verses 1-2. I want to read uh, verse 1 again. And when they that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Now, let me ask you a question. Are we always strong? No. We cycle. So when we are weak, what is God saying? Let the strong bear the burdens. And then when you're strong and someone else is weak, you help them. I'm, I'm going to, this is, this is where I'm going to, I have people say to me often, Pastor, I love to help other people, but I can't, I just can't let people help me. That's not stupid. That's pride. Then it's stupid. What does God think of pride? He hates it. Now, I, I want to help you with this because, because it is so critical to what we're talking about. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, Pride goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. You know what? If you want to destroy yourself, just keep that attitude. Because that is not the attitude that should be part of a New Testament church. I want to give you a thought here. When we deny someone the ability to help us, not only are we depriving ourselves but we are depriving them from the blessings of God in their lives. How many of you have ever given somebody something and God turns around and gives it back to you? Isn't that awesome? See, and when you, yeah, it, yeah, sometimes it's even more. And but when you deprive somebody from doing that to you, you're depriving them from that from that very blessing. Luke chapter 6 and verse 8 is absolutely key to this. It says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. Underline, mark that verse down when you get home, underline that phrase, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with it with all it shall be measured to you again why is that phrase so important because oftentimes what happens is we have a need in our lives and we pray and we expect god to just poof we you know we 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 walk out to the mailbox and we look in, and it's not in the mailbox 
It's not on the front porch. You know. No, how does God do that? He, he puts it on the hearts of other men. Other people. So when you, when you deny someone that ability to, to help, then you're robbing from the individual, but then you're robbing from God. We need to be so careful. We need to be so careful. God's way of blessing people is using other people. And there are times when you need to be on the receiving side, and there are times where you need to be on the, on the giving side. We need to be ready for both. And I believe, I am absolutely convinced because of the, 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 the construction of this verse, that the fellowship is a key part of the giving and receiving. Because if you don't have the fellowship part, you won't know the needs that everybody carries. Fourth activity. Verse 44, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Prayers. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I want to say this. Wednesday night we have a prayer time and Bible study time. And... I love spending time in the Word of God. I, I, I love it. But there is, there is nothing, there is nothing more precious than the ability to pray for someone who's got a burden. And if you're not here on Wednesday night, then you again are robbing yourself from the ability to know how to pray for people. And you're robbing yourself from the ability to ask other people to pray for you. There is nothing more gratifying than to pray for someone who's got a a heavy, heavy burden. I love it. That's why connection cards are so important to me. I... I love being able to spray, pray specifically for people as you are carrying heavy loads. I know many of you are carrying burdens that are just unbelievable. And it, it is gratifying to be able to pray for those. And it is refreshing to know that when I have a burden, I have many people praying for me as well. And if we are not aware of those things, we can't do it. Wednesday night is, hey, I I get it, okay? I I get it. I know how hard it is to work all day and to come to church on Wednesday night. I get it. I know it. I I have not been a pastor all my life. I work construction the majority of my life. And there were many Wednesday nights I would go straight from the job right to church because 
and and people would always I there be this big open space around me. Because it was in South Carolina and in the summertime, you know what you do in South Carolina in the summertime? On a, on a, yeah, you sweat a lot. So. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I needed that time together with my fellow Christians. I needed that time to be able to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. It, 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 again, it has to be a priority in our lives. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 and 8. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. God hears and answers prayer. <clears throat> Commandment number 21 was be active. Commandment number 22 Again, 1 Thessalonians, back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. You can go back to Acts chapter 2. What is Paul talking about there? Now, was Paul saying, hey, I have just written a book that is really good. And everybody needs to read it. Is that what Paul's saying? No. But we, we, we are just finishing the book of 1 Thessalonians. And <clears throat> to be perfectly honest, hopefully you've understood that in the book of 1 Thessalonians, we've talked about and hopefully I have taught you a lot of doctrine. Because the book of 1 Thessalonians is full of doctrine. Let, let me share with you some of the things that we've talked about over the last several weeks. The importance of the Word of God. The responsibilities of the New Testament church. Not, not what we're talking about today, but just some of the other responsibilities. Faithfulness. Growing in grace, looking for the return of Christ, how, uh, how to deal with struggles when they come into our lives, uh, the, the, the need to share our faith, uh, the importance of walking with God and how to live the Christian life and so on, and, and, and it goes on and on and on. Those are just a few of the things that, that I've tried to teach you since we started the book of 1 Thessalonians. Doctrine after doctrine after so what is Paul literally saying here? He's not saying necessarily you need you need to read this book. No, you need to absorb the doctrine that I've been giving you. Let's go back to Acts chapter two. What was the preeminent thing? I, I gave you four activities of the of the local church. What is the most preeminent of all of them? In verse 42 it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The very thing that Paul was talking about in 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 5. Keep reading it, reading it, reading it. Because the doctrine's important. The word doctrine here means to act uh, is the... It, it, Okay, let, let me see if I can explain this. 
<clears throat> the word doctrine here, when he says in verse 42, that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, it, it is not talking about the subject of, of doctrine. It is talking about the action of doctrine. You follow me? Um, and it's important that you get this because this is how our church needs to be. The emphasis here is the fact that the people were actively teaching and being taught doctrine. Does that make sense? So what he's saying is not saying that the church taught doctrine. He's saying the church was actively teaching and preaching doctrine. Changes the whole, the whole concept of the, the idea here. Exactly. They were not just hearers, but they were doers of the word. Doctrine has to be the priority of Grace Baptist Church. For the past 11 years, I have done my best to try and teach and preach doctrine. And that is not going to change, not one bit. <clears throat> but what is doctrine? What is the subject of doctrine, if you would? In the Bible, the word doctrine always refers to spiritual, spiritually related fields in our lives. Um, <clears throat> let, let me give you a couple examples. Uh, in 2 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Doctrine is a huge part of us completing ourselves as we walk with God. Doctrine is the thing that should unite us. There's a philosophy out there in the world today that I believe comes straight from the pit of hell. And that, and that is this. It, there are churches out there that propagate that doctrine divides. When in reality, according to Scripture, it is doctrine that unites. We are to be careful that we believe and that we present truth. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul tells the young preacher Timothy, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, <clears throat> thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So, what it simply... What is doctrine in its most simple form? Doctrine in its most simple form is the thing that changes lives. It's the thing that changes lives. Philosophies of men will not change lives. It may philosophies of men may change habits, but it will never change lives. Only doctrine can do that. 
starting in January, the first Sunday in January on, on Sunday nights, we're going back to the basics. I decided that <clears throat> through, the, through praying and just God speaking to my heart, we're going to start a series Sunday night in January that I've entitled Striving to Make Disciples. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start with the basics. John chapter eight verses thirty-one and thirty-two. And then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, "If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples, indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." Do you want to be free? Do you, do you, I don't know about you, but the, 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 the more that I learn and the closer I get to Christ, the freer I am from this world. Amen. And that's the way I want to live. And that's what we're going to start doing. I, I, let, let me say this. <clears throat> and I'm almost done. I'm, I'm almost done. If you're a new believer... And we have, we have some new believers in our church. If you're a new believer, let me encourage you to start coming on Sunday nights. It'll change your life. I won't change your life. This book will change your life. Let me encourage you, if you have hit a plateau in your walk with the Lord, start coming on Sunday nights. Maybe, maybe you know, you're not really on a plateau, but you're like, okay, I just need something more in my life. Start coming on Sunday nights. <clears throat> maybe, maybe you say, you know what, I, I just want to be closer to God. Start coming on Sunday nights. Because this book can change your life. Now, one of the things on Sunday nights we're going to be changing is the format of our service. It's going to be very informal. Uh, There's going to be a lot of exchange. Um, It's going to be, how do I want to explain it? Very much like Wednesday night interactive in the sense that we're just going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, anyway, I, I don't want to give away too much, but we're, it's, it's going to be, it's going to give each of us an opportunity to get to know this book. Because this book is what makes the difference. It's not, it's, not my, it's not my teaching. It's not my philosophies. It's, not, it's nothing that I'm going to do. It's, but it's this book that's going to change our lives. I am absolutely convinced. I, I, have, I have never been more burdened over anything that we've done at Grace Baptist Church than, than this. I, I know there are people in our church 
that have been saved for years that don't know the basic tenets of, 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 of doctrine. Just simple things. And, and let, let, let me help you. Let me give you some of the subjects that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the Word of God. Not, 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 uh, not, not the version issue. That's not what we're going to talk. We're, we're going to be talking about what does the Bible teach and, and why do I need it? See, that's an important question. If you, don't, if you don't understand why I need the Word of God, then you're not going to read it. Uh, getting to know God is going to be one of the subjects. Uh, 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 answering the question, who is Jesus? You know, uh, you, you think that's kind of a... No, most of us, other than the fact that we know who he is, we don't know him. What exactly is salvation? Developing a prayer life. You know, we're going we're gonna to spend a long time on that one. Because honestly, you know, one of, the, one of the things I hear, especially from new believers is, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. I, I, I've had people that have been saved for years tell me that. That's a shame. Another subject is your place in the local church. What is, what is, what, what it, what, what, I, I'm, 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 I come, but what is my phone? What, what is my place here? I, I don't understand. We all have a place. What, what does it mean to be a disciple? And, and, and I, I could go on and on, but I, I'm out of time. I'm way over. I believe that if you will dedicate... That, let's put that slide back up, would you, Chris? <clears throat> if you will allow this to be true in your life, God can make incredible changes in your life. I, I, I get it. I know Wednesday nights are hard. I, I get that. But it's worth it. There were there, I can't tell you how many times I would be driving <clears throat> home or straight to straight to church thinking, I, I don't want to do this. I just want to go home, take a shower, and go to bed. I don't even want to eat. I just want to go to bed. Y'all ever been there? But every time that I stuck it out and I went to church, God did a work in my heart. Every time. Sunday nights. It starts at 6 to 7.30. Hour and a half. I say, but pastor, that's football. Don't even get me started. Don't even go down that road. I ran into a guy one time, this years ago, I ran into a guy who, who occasionally came to church and, and 
And I ran into him and, and, he, and I said, man, I haven't seen you in a while. I've been praying for you. How are you doing? He's like, oh, he says, I'm not there because it's football season. My thought was, I wasn't upset at him. Honestly, I wasn't upset. My, I, 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 I felt sorry for him. I, I, it just broke my heart. Oh, wow. Since when does a stupid football game become more important than God? And, and by the way, I meant that. It is a stupid football game. Church has to be a priority. If, if we're going to let this book change our lives. And this year, we're going to do everything we can as a church to help us as a church become closer together through fellowship, through getting to know one another. One of the things that we're, that I'm kind of floating, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't even know how it, we, I just don't know with, with COVID and all right now, it's, it's really not on the table, but after COVID's done, you know, we're going to, we're going to start doing something to create little pockets of fellowship amongst our church. Again, I don't know how it's going to work, what it's going to look like yet, but but we we have to do these things. Why? Because we need each other. Be active and be knowledgeable. Get into the book. Because this book will change your life. At the beginning of the service, I had everybody bow their heads. And I asked you a question. I asked you to pray a prayer. And just about everybody that I could tell raised their hands. And I want to challenge you this evening, this morning. I've I've challenged you, hopefully, to consider strongly about attending Wednesday night and Sunday night church. It's important. And I asked you to ask God that if He would speak to your heart, that He would give you the ability to do what He put on your heart to do. And and I believe, I can't help but believe, that some of you here, God is putting His finger on your heart and saying, you need to be here more. And if that's you, I hope and I pray that you are sincere at the beginning of the service when you prayed that prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the